This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away. A song away. A song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And joining me today in the Zoom room, we have two people from Denver. I know one of them. I don't know the other. They both love you, too. Let's meet them. First of all, Carly Anderson. You know her. She's been here before on the Replacements episode. Hello, Carly Anderson. Hello, Pat Francis. So nice to see you again. Nice to see you, too. And then we got uh, we got a buddy of yours, Jeff Zebold. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Pat, how's it going? It's going well. Uh, I love this today. We're going to talk about U2. I've only ever done one U2 episode in the past, so it's time to do another one. And Jeff, this was uh, this was your idea? Yeah, you know, Carly and I were kind of hanging out with the families and, you know, tossing around ideas. And it kind of was like, well, you know, hey, let's uh, let's get together and see if Pat's interested in doing a U2 episode. And so we floated it to you, and here we are. Here we are. And Jeff... You and Carly, how long have you two known each other? Gosh, so it was, what is it, like 25 years at this point? Yeah, pretty close. Mm-hmm. So we met when we both, shortly after we both moved out to Denver from places in the Midwest. And you knew each other before either of you were married and had children? Correct. So Correct. once you get married and have children, you just have to tell your spouses, hey, Carly's my girl and Jeff's my guy. And <laughs> you have to understand that, you know... That's how it's going to be, right? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to going to U2 concerts, I think that I have probably been to more concerts with her than with anybody else at this point. That's, I, I love it. She'd probably say the same because she's been to way more concerts than I have, but. Well, see, I have a concert wife, Suzanne Dillingham, that goes to concerts with me. So I'm going to say that uh, Carly is your concert wife and maybe you're her concert husband. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Now, so if Jeff brings his wife, Pat, to a concert, I will get there early and save us spots. So okay. Leanne's got a place to sit because if, if Jeff's wife comes, then it's going to be even better. So that's good to know. I hope she listens to this and hears that because I like it when she's there, too. <laughs> and, and Carly, you get so you get along with the wife. She's your mm-hmm. friend also. Yes. Yes. See, this is funny to me, not funny to me. This is, um, I have friends from high school and, and that are married and, uh, the notion of them having a friend of the opposite sex is so foreign to them. Whereas that's just how my wife and I have always been. Pilar would just say, Oh, I'm going out for dinner with, uh, you know, with Chip and Stefan. I'm like, yeah, of course you are. You know, it's not a, it's not a big deal. So, um, I'm glad that, uh, you guys are in that, uh, in that group as well. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. Definitely. And it's great because we can get the whole families together and do stuff too. So, yep. And Jeff, how many kids do you have? I have two. You have two? And are they? One is almost 14. And the other is uh, 11. Okay. So they're, they're in the realm of Carly's kids. Like they can, they can all interact and have fun. Yes. Yes. The older two get along really well with, uh, with my kids. And then you got the, the, the younger guy that kind of tags along with them. Right. And, <laughs> and they all like, and they all like him cause he's cute. Right. All right. Perfect. So mm-hmm. how did you guys meet? <laughs> well, I'll tell that story. Um, so we were both young, single people in Denver and we found each other um, actually through like, this is going to sound really embarrassing, Pat, but I didn't know anybody in Denver. And so I met him through like a personal ad. But I want to tell you why I'm going to tell you that story, because 
Uh, Jeff's personal ad, I'll never forget, said, my name is Jeff and there is nobody more important to me in my life than my friends. And, you know, we have been friends ever since. And he and his wife are the most unselfish people, like in terms of just putting their friends above anybody else. This guy took a year out of his life to help a friend recover from leukemia, quit it, quit, you know, put college on hold, moved across the country to live with for the friend that was recovering. And his wife quit her job recently to help her kids um, go through online school. So they're both really special people. That's amazing. Uh, Kudos to you, Jeff, and to your wife for being good citizens of the planet. Excellent. I love stories like that. So when you answer this personal ad, Carly, is it to meet a friend or is it to meet a a boyfriend at the time? Well, it was to meet a boyfriend at the time. And we bonded over our love of you two. Did you ever date uh, romantically? Yes. Okay, you did. All right. And then you just discovered, and you just discovered that uh, even though you guys maybe weren't compatible uh, in that way, you, you didn't want to lose this friendship. So that's why you guys have remained friends. Yes. I love it. I hope I'm not embarrassing anyone. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I love this. So, and, and Jeff, is you two your favorite band? Yeah. Yeah. Over time, it's maybe changed a little Mm -hmm. bit. I I think over the last maybe 10 or 15 years. Uh, they haven't been as strong, mm-hmm. uh, but in the end, you know, when I want something to listen to, they're the band that I go to push comes to shove. It's you two for Jeff. Yes. And Carly, where does you two rank for you again? Oh man. They're my number one. Number one. Okay, great. Now I'm going to tell you later on in the show, we might be joined by another U two fan for just a little bit. I don't want to say who I don't want to say if it's the edge, <laughs> I don't want to say if it's Larry, but we'll find out who that is. Now, before we before we get into this and start, I need to share my audio. Carly, this is where I might need your help. I always need uh, uh no, here we go. Share music and sound. Oh, I'm sharing audio now. Terrific. All right. Now, before we get into uh the show, and Jeff, you came up with like 15 different categories that we're going to cover today. I'll just uh, I'll just tease it a little bit like, you know, it's, Easy stuff like favorite song, but then stuff like worst album track or best remix. So we're going to really dig deep on some of these. I have uh, I have picked songs for about nine of these categories because when it comes to like, you know, best drumming or best guitar, even though I own all the U2 stuff, I, I don't know it that much to like really say, oh, this is my favorite drumming or guitar, but I'll leave that up for the fanatics. All right, now. Jeff, we do a thing here sometimes called First Listen. That's when uh, I'll choose a song by a a new band, or sometimes a band will send me a song. And we're going to do that today. Let me read a quick email to you. This came from Jack Thurman. He said, hi, friends at Rock Solid. My name is Jack, and I'm becoming quite the fan of your podcast. I'm in a band called Desert of Talking Shadows out of Orange County, California. And our debut album, Foreshadowing, is to be released on March 12th. I would love for us to be featured on your podcast to help promote it. I'll attach one single from the album and you let me know what you think. So the song is called Cold Hard Floor and this is from the band Desert of Talking Shadows. So let me, uh, let me cue it up here. You guys are going to see me doing all kinds of stuff because I got to work the music over here and play the music. Uh, so I don't have Kyle with me today, so... 
This song is Cold Hard Floor. And can you guys both hear it? Okay. how much to play because it was quite a long intro so i'm just fading it down right now okay the song is cold hard floor it's from the band desert of talking shadows and carly what did you think of that oh no i can't hear you for some reason i cannot hear you carly i can't hear you now Why can't I hear Carly all of a sudden? That's very strange. Jeff, you talk once. You're on mute, Jeff. Jeff, can you talk? Shake your heads if you can hear me. I don't know what's going on. Hold on a second. Oh. All right. Is so stupid. The Desert of Talking Shadows. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't hear either one of you, and it was on me because I forgot I, I did something wrong. Hold, oh. hold on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're going to pick it up. Uh, we're going to pick it up right here, Carly. I'm going to ask you for the first time what you thought okay. of that. Okay. Okay. So here we go. All right. So that was Cold Hard Floor by Desert of Talking Shadows. Carly, what did you think of that song? Yeah, I liked it. I think it had a nice kind of late grunge feel to it. Um, I was really, I, I definitely built up the anticipation. So when it kicked in, I was excited to hear that and a really interesting vocal performance. Excellent. I, I, I would agree with everything you said there. And I was getting a little bit of a, of a, maybe a Zeppelin vibe, a little bit in there. So I enjoyed it. Jeff, what did you think of that song? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of liked the guitar to start out. And I definitely like how it built up there to, uh, you know, kind of kind of deliver a little bit more. So I thought it was really good. All right. Uh, and the production was on point, too. It sounded fantastic. So uh, Jack Thurman. Now, I don't know. I don't know if Jack's the singer, the guitarist. I don't know if he's the drummer. I, I don't know what Jack does in the band. But, Jack, uh, we three of us are giving you a, a thumbs up. So good job, Jack. So everyone, uh, 
March 12th, look for Desert of Talking Shadows. I assume that'll be available on all digital outlets. Okay, so uh, I figured out uh, I figured out my little snafu, Carly and Jeff. So that will not be happening again. But let's get in with into it. Boy, I am okay. I am tongue tied today, people. I don't know why. Uh, let's go, ladies first. Jeff, are you cool with that? Yeah, that's great. You know, Carly and I haven't shared. You know, we make we came up with a list together of, of songs, and we we didn't share uh, between each other. So this will be really exciting for us. I mean, even all the times that we've sat around and talked about you two, um, you know, we don't know what each other's answers are going to be on this. So I'm I'm as excited as as you are to 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 hear the the songs and talk about what Carly came up with. Okay, now according to my list, the first thing we're going to do is favorite B side. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Yes. Car- so, Carly, what is your favorite B-side? So, my favorite B-side is Treasure, Whatever Happened to Pete the Chop, which is the B-side off of New Year's Day. So, if you have the remastered War album, you have this song. And the story is that they wrote this song for Boy, and then they could never find a place for it. And so, they called it Pete the Chop, and their manager, Paul McGinnis, kept asking them, whatever happened to Pete the Chop? Why don't we put that on Boy or you know, October or war. And it never really happened only as a B side. Okay. See, Jeff's getting his, Jeff's getting it right there. See, this is what I love. What are you doing, Jeff? Out on this stuff, Jeff. Jeff was out of his seat. <laughs> I had to, yeah, I had to go get the uh, look at my CD collection here. Cause I didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. This is a treasure. And then in parentheses, whatever happened to Pete the chop. Here we go. Got to tell you, that would have been a welcome addition to either Boy or October. Indeed. Yeah, yeah it definitely fits into that time period for sure. That's a great song. And it's a straight ahead love song, which they weren't really doing in the early days. I think that might be why they didn't include it. All right. That was a, that's a great, that's great. Uh, Jeff, what, what are you going to do to try to top that? Um, so the song that I picked um, is called North and South of the River, which was a B-side for Staring at the Sun. And an interesting story for me about this one is that um, when David Bowie died, um, you know, I had been a fan when I was a kid of Bowie, but like not a deep, hardcore Bowie fan. Um, but when he died, I was like, you know, well, now you got something like Spotify. Now I can really dive into Bowie and listen to his songs and hear the things that I maybe didn't get to hear back then. Um, and when I was doing that, I came across um, a song called Can You Hear Me? And I'm hearing this for the first time after knowing North and South of the river for years and years and years. And I was like, Oh my God, the, there's the same part of the song from, can you hear me? And, but yet you, you look at the liner notes for staring at the sun and there's no reference at all of the samples Bowie or anything. And right. I was like, 
how does that happen? How how is it that like was Bowie just like ah it's cool you you guys don't have to do that you don't have to credit me for this, but well hopefully they ask him. <laughs> hopefully it wasn't just a little sneaky homage, but um, uh, I mean I mean it's so obvious that there's no way right. right. And and the uh, and you know the guys in U two those those guys are good guys those guys are straight up they're not gonna they're not gonna cheat anyone out of their coin so i'm sure it was bowie saying oh yeah i love it just just use it because at that point who needs the money exactly (laughs) all right so this is north and south of the river and this comes from an album because you sent this track to me the late show tribute for how do i say that um amog bombing victims yeah all right so this is this is a very hard track to find it, it, it's, it's on one of their uh, um, greatest hits collections. I okay. Believe. All right. Here we go. Let's hear it. A young man running from what he didn't understand. While the wind from the lock, it just blew colder and colder. There was a badness that had its way. But love isn't lost Love will have its day No And sound Of the river North and south of So you guys let me know if I'm playing enough for you. If I'm not, uh, let me know. I'll play more. Or going forward, when you think we've heard enough, you guys can, you know, signal to me that, yeah, that's, turn it down, Pat. We're good. Well, that's a little bit, that's a different version than uh, than the B-side. That That's a different version? Yeah, because the one that's the B-side for Staring at the Sun is like a studio version. That oh. sounds like it was recorded live somewhere. Hmm, interesting. So maybe... Maybe I had this one. It wasn't the one you sent me. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I know you asked for a few. Yeah. I don't think they sent you this one. So I must have had a version of this, just not the version you wanted to hear. It's, it's still, I apologize. It's still I apologize, Jeff. No, no worries. I have never heard that version, Jeff, and that was cool to hear it. Yeah. That's really neat. Here. And I didn't know the story. I didn't know about the Bowie angle either, so I'm totally going to check that out. This yeah. is great, Jeff, because, okay, usually – we have our families with us when we get together and like, we try not to like totally dominate the conversation with you too, Pat. Like we try to keep it to like what Jeff, 20 or 30 minutes. Tops. <laughs> right, right. Because our respective spouses that once we start, they, they kind of zone out or they roll their eyes and yeah. <laughs> well, today they're exactly. kind people and they understand, but there's, there's limits for everyone. There's limits. <laughs> well, today do not hold back guys. This is your, this is yeah. your time. This is your safe place. So, so do- yeah, so I think I made a list, Jeff. We've seen you two together 10 times. And the first time we saw them was in May of 97. And Bono high-fived you during Hold Me, Kill Me, Thrust Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Correct. That was awesome. I still have That's- the glove. It hasn't been washed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, if I'm reading this correctly, is the next track we're going to play Worst Track? It is, and I don't need you to play more than 10 seconds of fucking 4th of July. I hate that song, Pat. 
Um, it is the intro to the B side, I'm sorry, to side two of the Unforgettable Fire. It is what happens when you two is left alone with Brian Eno. Sorry, Jeff, I know you're an Eno fan. I'm an Eno <laughs> hater. I don't get Roxy music. I don't like, I don't like passengers. And um, this is something where it was like Adam noodling on the bass. And Brian, you know, was like, hey, let's throw this on Unforgettable Fire. But when I was a kid and I had the cassette, I always thought when it, when I would flip over the cassette and I would play this second side and when it would start playing, I would always think there was something wrong with my boombox, <laughs> right? Because it's so distorted sounding and there's no melody or anything. And like, and then I got to wait two minutes until Bad starts, which is the real money game, money song that you want to hear. And if you're on a cassette and you're a kid trying to fast forward to the right spot, you can't get there. So I'm sorry. I'm going to vent my anger a little bit about Fourth of July. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's hear not too much of Fourth of July. Thank you. What if I just play the whole thing? Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck is this? Seriously. Wow. They're so talented. And Brian, you know, is like, yeah, people really want to hear that. <laughs> All right. I'm fading it down. I'm fading it down. Thank you. <laughs> it's not really, it's, it's barely a song, right? Barely. Yeah. It's just filler. Yeah, it's filler. Uh, now coming up, uh, Jeff, uh, this is where I jumped in. I did jump in with Worst Song. And all I will say is, Jeff, you and I have the same Worst Song. Yep. And when I picked this, I was not looking at either one of your lists. I was just picking what I what I felt in my heart. So you can introduce this, Jeff. Yeah, so this is off of Pop, um, and this is a song called Miami. And for me, um, this was the first time that there was a U2 song that I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Because yeah. unlike Carly, I kind of, you know, Fourth of July is fine with me. So, like, up to this point, pretty much everything I had heard I was like, this is good. I could, I could listen to this a lot. And this is the first time, like, <laughs> anytime this song came up, I had to skip it. Yeah, this is, uh, oh, I should, uh, I don't, I don't have it queued up, but let me see if I can find, uh, what I'm looking for. You guys talked amongst yourselves for a second. Um, all right. That sounds good. <laughs> Jeff, what's your favorite show we've seen together? Um, it probably is the, uh, soldier field. Yeah. Um, that Shoulder Field Pop Mart show. That was amazing. Yeah. Because when we saw them here in Denver, they, it was still early enough in the tour that they hadn't they hadn't uh, worked out the show as well. And by the time we saw them in Chicago, it was certainly a more polished show. Agreed. Now, when you saw the Pop Mart show, Pop Mart show did they play Miami? I think in the Denver one, they might have. Okay. Cause I think they were playing most of the album at that point. But again, by the time they got to Chicago, I think they had realized that, you know, that song doesn't translate very right. well. All right. Well, <laughs> let, let's hear it. Let's hear a little bit of Miami. Hey, it's a Big girl with a sweet tooth watches skinny girl in the It's just so terrible. It's so bad. I even faded it quickly because it's just so, so bad. Do you like it, Carly? 
No. Okay. <laughs> you just hate 4th of July worse. I do hate 4th of July worse. Because, yeah, anyway, I, I do. I think it's worse, like, in their canon. Like, um, I think, Pop, they were trying to do something. Like, with, with 4th of July, they weren't trying to do anything. They were just, like, they just threw something on that they shouldn't have put on one of their albums. And they're so careful most of the time. Right, especially early on. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm okay with Batteries and the Handycam relative to 4th of July. But it's not it's not a very good song. Miami's not good. No, it's not. No. Uh, do you, do you have a, a, Jeff, do you have a least favorite U2 album? Um, yeah, it's, it, it's probably the songs of innocence. Okay. And why is that? Um, it, it's just a, it, it's their homage to the songs that they grew up with and the music that they liked when they were young. And it's just not, while I appreciate that, era of music just not really what resonates with me uh, a whole lot and what's so. your what's your favorite u2 album um that's a tough one it's it's between joshua tree and octung baby they're both just so phenomenal from top right. to bottom um that you know and they both they're, they're so different right yeah like if they were similar then maybe i could pick one but they're they both talk about just completely different things and uh yeah I feel like U2 is a band that has like five classic albums that anyone could say, this one's my favorite. And you would say, yeah, yeah, sure. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Carly, what's your least favorite and favorite U2 album? Start with the least. Yeah. My least favorite's over my shoulder. It's how to dismantle an atomic bomb, which means, I mean, least favorite's relative. I do love them all. Um, I don't like the ending of How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. There's three songs I don't like. Okay. Um, Fast Cars, Yahweh, and I don't. I hate Between a Man and a Woman also. Okay. Um, I don't like it when dudes talk about having a baby. Like, that just doesn't do it for me. Like We know like, nothing about it. By Live or Yahweh by U2. Like, I don't care. Like, that really annoys me. Um, but I do feel like there was a certain lack of a bit of soul on how to dismantle an atomic bomb they brought in jack knight lee a bunch of different producers they were listening to bands like the hives a lot they were trying to kind of recapture that rock and roll sound and they got it with vertigo right which yeah. is an amazing song but i feel like and city of blinding lights as well so there's a couple beautiful moments on that record but the overall thing of it does not hang together for me at all so that's well, probably my that- favorite was that Wasn't that an era where they were going through a lot of different producers and yes. like they had a lot of stuff that they worked on, but they never released. And yes. Cause they always want to be on the radio. Right. Yeah. And so they had like all this chart success with all that you can't leave behind. Right. They had a bunch of big singles and they wanted to follow it up with something that was going to be, I think equally great. And so they set a very high expectation for themselves, but you're right, Jeff, they used a bunch of different producers. Um, so I don't love that one, but my favorite of all time is Octune Baby. To me, it's just uh, really special. Um, Joshua Tree would come after that, but Octune Baby is definitely my fave. Yeah, Octune Baby is when they, when they took what we know that you two would normally do and they just twisted it a little bit and uh, kind of, you know, jump-started uh, an already stellar career. If, if that even makes any sense. But um, yeah, Octung Baby is a, uh, no one's going to argue that ever. 
I they don't are, think they, so. I think they said they were chopping down the Joshua tree with right. the fly was them chopping down with the, the fly. Yes, thank you, Jeff. I like you that. know, and I for me personally, that was November of '91 when that came out. I was living in Europe as an exchange student. It was a very European-sounding record, and I put that thing in my Walkman, and I mean, it was in there every day, played every day for like a year. So I feel so strongly about it. And you can still listen to it, even though you listened to it so much back in the day, you can still put it on and it's fresh. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Interestingly, I mean, as we went through, you know, for me picking out these songs, it, it kind of caused me to reevaluate or try to listen to the songs a little differently. And um, when we get to one of the ones later on, I'll kind of talk about how I, I heard it differently than I had ever heard it uh, going through this process of picking songs. So it was kind of cool. Now, Jeff, when you're getting ready for this podcast and your wife says, Jeff, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm reacquainting myself with the U2 because I need to pick 15 songs for this podcast. Does she just do her eyes roll right out of her head? No, because she she knows me well <laughs> enough to know that like there there are certain things in life that I am yeah. extremely passionate about. And when I'm extremely passionate about something like you know, it's just, it, I've got my few things. Unfortunately, they're, you know, it's not putting together classic cars or something that costs a ton of money. Instead, it's just listening to some music over and over again. And, and fortunately, she likes you too herself. So that softens the blow a little bit. That's cool. I mean, for the past 10 years, my wife has heard the phrase, honey, I'm picking my songs. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, Carly, let's get into uh, number three is best collaboration. Yeah, so for this one, I chose U2 and Kendrick Lamar off the Damn album, which I bet Jeff didn't pick. No. I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't have to – we've seen a little bit of this, but what's cool about this is that Damn by Kendrick Lamar, which won the Pulitzer Prize for wow. Best Album, and it was the first rap album to ever, like, win that prize. It's a beautiful record. What's cool about it is it came out in 2017, right, when – you know, I think the like political turmoil in America was at its zenith. And this song, Triple X, that he's got on Damn, which also had Be Humble, if you know this, that single, um, has a hook that's sung by Bono from American Soul. And because the themes of Triple X and the theme that's sung by Kendrick Lamar and the themes of American Soul, which was on U2's Songs of Experience album, are really similar. So if we could just play a little bit of that, that'd be awesome. All right, here we go. Triple X. The great American flag is wrapped in drag with explosives. Compulsive disorder, sons and daughters, barricaded blacks and mortars. Look what you taught us. It's murder on my street, your street, back streets, Wall Street, corporate offices, banks, employees, and bosses with homicidal thoughts. I've never heard that before. Excellent. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's another thing. When you guys send me the songs, if it's a song I, I wasn't familiar with, I didn't listen. I would just cue it up because I want to listen now. I want it, I want it to be fresh oh, cool. when we record. Uh, Jeff, we're on to you. Cause I get, I, did I pick a, I didn't pick a collaboration. I'll get in here in a minute. Trust me. But right. um, what did you pick Jeff? Um, so I picked a collaboration that the edge did with Sinead O'Connor actually. So 
Edge did a soundtrack album for a movie called Captive, which I've never seen. Um, and, you know, I hadn't heard of b before uh, finding out about the soundtrack album. But uh, it was a kind of thing where, you know, back in the day, right, we, we just heard songs on the radio. We didn't have Internet. We didn't have a, a ton of places to go and find out, you know, what other stuff the, the band that you really like is doing. And right. so this was much after the fact that uh, I finally got myself a copy of this cassette tape. And it was around the same time that Sinead O'Connor herself was kind of blowing up and um, really was an artist that I was really drawn to just with the passion and the, the intensity of, of her songs. Um, and to, to have this blend of, okay, here's U2, a U2 sounding song with Sinead O'Connor singing vocals. And it was, it just blew me away. Um, and this is actually, this song was done before she released her first album. So she was like a, a brand new fresh face uh, on the scene um, with this song. And the, the part that I picked out of the song is towards the very end and it's, it's this part where Sinead holds, holds a note for, I mean, seriously, it seems like about 30 seconds and it is just phenomenal. All right. I hope I cued this up uh, properly. The song is called Heroin, correct? Yes. All right. that's not a studio trick i hope that was really her holding that note yeah I, I, if anybody could have done it it could have been her i think so yeah like, it's just i just love it it's just it's a u2 sounding song but it is her singing and it just even to this day i still love it still but really not a not really a u2 collaboration it's just one member of u2 the edge working with sinead o'connor right very distinctive edge sounding song do you guys feel because i I feel this, and then I'll see if you guys also feel this. If one member leaves U2, I don't think there's a U2 ever again. Like they, I don't yeah. think, I don't think they replace anyone and carry on. Nope. No. No way. I just don't think. I can tell you, I wrote Jeff probably a 10 page email when <laughs> All That You Can't Leave Behind came out, and I was so worried about Kite. Because I, when he wrote The Last of the Rockstars, when hip-hop drove the big cars, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die. And what am I going to do? So, yeah, Pat, I agree. Yeah. And I also don't think that there's ever, like, a Bono solo album going to no. happen either. No. I feel I mean, it, he gets everything he needs working with those other three guys. Yeah, that this soundtrack was the only full-length album that any band member has done outside of the group. Right. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Other than maybe... I'll have to check that out. I didn't know that. Maybe Adam and Larry working on some uh, Mission Impossible stuff. 
Right. But just yeah. doing a single okay. song, but this is, yes. it, is a, it was a full, you know, wow. like 10 songs or whatever. Right. Most of them just edge kind of noodling on guitar, guitar really. Yeah. I really feel it reminds like me of my kids who are like, you know, they've heard the story a million times that you two shares all the royalties equally. Like mm-hmm. they can repeat it back to like, yes, mom, we know we share it all equally. That's why they're so successful. They've been together for so long. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think that can come back to, to cause a rift because I really believe that that's why, Michael Anthony is, is not, is, was eventually out of Van Halen because they had favored nations. And so he's making all as much money as maybe the people that wrote, really wrote the songs. So, but yeah. uh, I'm glad it works for you too. I do feel that you two are friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do feel that those guys are, are, are tight and that could be an illusion, but, um, but that's what I believe. All right. Moving on to best live track, Carly. So lately I've been watching on YouTube uh, the Giant Stadium MTV production of uh, the Amnesty International Conspiracy of Hope Tour, which was six shows um, all going to Amnesty. It was U2, Sting, Brian Adams, and Peter Gabriel, which is an amazing lineup. And everybody's heard uh, their performance of... um, of bad from live aid a million times. I think this is a better um, recording of him playing of him doing bad live when his voice was at its peak. Okay. I have on your list, 11 o'clock TikTok. Oh, I had that in my original list. Uh-oh. Then I followed up with some other ones, but I'll do 11 o'clock TikTok any day. Well, so that me, one is great. That one's. Oh, no, 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 no. I do. That I was recorded it. <laughs> I, but I do have bad at the bottom. I still have it. So oh, I will do go. You? Okay. I'll go with your original choice. All right. Well, thank you. Here okay. We, either one's great. Here we go. This is bad. This is Carly's okay, pick. Cool. sounds so amazing on that track oh my god that was fantastic that is just them playing that song live is just so unbelievable it it takes the studio version to a a different level and it's a shame because that's a tough song for bono to sing now that it's really hard to pull that off that's a young man song and yeah uh, to think, oh, I might not ever hear that live again is is hard, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that we've got so many addition, you know, so many copies of that out there to listen to because it's just so great. Yeah, you might not ever hear it in that same way, but hey, you too might reinvent it live. Who knows? They're always changing it up. Um, yeah, that's, a good, that's a good segue into mine. Yes, here we go. 
because because the the live version of what I picked is a uh, a little different than uh, what is on the studio album and and what they had played when they when the album first came out. So I picked "Running to Stand Still" specifically from the Zoo TV tour um, because they had kind of reworked the song just a tad bit. It just sounds a little bit different. There's kind of this uh, helicopter whirl uh, that uh, is part of the beginning of the song. And, you know, they had that uh, like helicopter blade spinning up on the big, huge screen. Mm-hmm. And Bono goes through the the theatrics. You know, the song is about um, heroin addiction in Ireland. You know, he references it in the, uh, you know, I see seven towers, but I only see one way out. And these seven towers are referral to projects in Ireland where there was a lot of uh, really serious heroin problems. And so, he, you know, while the song is played, this was when they came up with that first idea of the B stage and so they had this long runway and then this, you know, smaller stage out in front. Um, and, you know, he works his way down onto the stage and singing the song and he gets to that moment when, you know, uh, sticking the needle in the vein and he, you know, pantomimes sticking a needle into his arm and starts singing hallelujah and, and dancing around. And it's just, it just was, you know, really, uh, brought the song to a different level for me. And, um, you know, it was also at a point where, you know, you didn't have easy access to bootleg copies of concerts. Right. And, uh, you know, I first heard this at uh, Foxborough Stadium in Massachusetts when I went to go see the Zoo TV show there. And I, I couldn't wait to hear it again, you know, knowing that I had nowhere else to, to hear this version of it, you know, the other concerts I went to. And then finally I had a friend that had a, a cassette tape copy of a, a show from London, uh, Dublin later on. And so, you know, I wore that tape thin playing it over and over again. Okay, here we go. Running to stand still. Step on steep train Step out of the driving rain Maybe Run from the darkness Are we good, Jeff? Did we hear enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get goose pimples, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's so great, the, you know, the crowd singing along with them. And, you know, Carly and I have talked about this about, you know, gosh, someday it would be great to go to Ireland and see them play live somewhere. You know, because I go to go see them in, in concert in St. Louis and, you know, the crowd isn't singing ha la 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 the day with them. Right. Right. You know? I, I'm going to say you guys are probably going to make that happen someday. Someday. Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. I'm letting someone in the Zoom room right now. You oh. know him. You love him. He's a rock solid rotating co-host. Please there welcome Mr. Murray Valariano. Murray, how are you doing? What's going on? You surprised me. <laughs> well, it was we uh, we're between categories, so this is the time to bring you in. 
Uh, people know that Murray's favorite band is what? Who is it, Murray? Kiss? Uh, you too, on my T-shirt. <laughs> Excellent. Stand up a little bit. Let's see that a little bit. Well, that's a 360 tour shirt. I can tell. Yes. All right. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Uh, have you ever seen it before, Carly? What, your shirt? No. This print? No. Oh, I've well, seen the print, not on you, but I've seen it. Oh, you have seen that shirt? Because I haven't mm -hmm. seen it. I got it at a pop-up store, a YouTube pop-up store, like a week before the album came out. And I haven't been able to, I haven't seen the shirt ever since. Murray, did you buy that at a Pop Mart store? <laughs> oh. Huh? oh. All right, Question. Murray. Question. Yes, yes, sir. Go ahead. Do we know the guy in the room with us? Yeah, this is Jeff Zebold. It's Carly's great friend. It's her concert husband, and they've known each other for over oh. 20 years. Oh, that's great. Hey, Jeff, my name's Murray. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. And We're assuming Carly's pretty cool, so you must be pretty cool yourself. Well, I don't know about that, but, you so, know. So far, Jeff is very cool, and he really knows his U2 stuff. Um, Ooh, they've right. got 15 different categories. Currently, we are on best live track. This is the first time during the show that I'm jumping in right now. And I think <laughs> it is, it is because they've had like, uh, really? they've had best collaboration and, and stuff like that stuff that I, it's out of my wheelhouse, but live stuff. Wow. I'm right there. So the song I'm going to play is I'll go crazy if I don't go crazy tonight. And this is from the live in Pasadena 360 tour. I was there, Murray, you were there that night, right? Uh, Black Eyed Peas and Slash open, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. So here we go. And I just love it because they, they just, uh, it was so different. It was so exciting and everything was, was cool. So here we go. the song and you already know that it was uh it was an experience to see this one live i loved it murray did you like the 360 tour across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico it's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Um, I, li I liked every tour, but I have to say 360 might be my least favorite. That show might be my least favorite show. And we've talked about this mm -hmm. only because, Jeff, it was at Ro the Rose Bowl, like 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. And it was just too big. But then I saw it again in Anaheim and it was great, except Lenny Kravitz opened, but that's a different story. <laughs> How dare you? Um, I really liked the tour because I felt, even though it was so big at, in the, in the Rose Bowl, I really felt they were able to bring everyone together. Like I had never seen before in a stadium event. 
So, Carly, what was your first tour where I didn't go to like the primary show? Okay. Like uh, from Joshua Tree up to that point, every album I had seen mm-hmm. some incarnation in, 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 in version of the tour. Uh-huh. Carly, yeah, I saw it in um, I saw it at um, Soldier Field again in Chicago, and that was a that had an amazing vibe because I was in the GA, and Snow Patrol opened up. Who's very? I mean, they have this song right, Chicago comes to life. So I mean, that was amazing, um, and they were kind of at their peak at that point. So that was really beautiful. Made a lot of friends in the GA. Awesome show. Then Bono was in that weird bike accident. So the show in Denver for the 360 show didn't actually happen until May of 2011. Wow. Like it was postponed by like 18 months. Yeah, yeah. And by the time they came to Denver, they had the fray open up, which is kind of, you know, a local favorite. But like I wasn't super excited about. Uh, but that was a day that some like crazy evangelist said was going to be the end of the world. So they played until the end of the world at that show, which they didn't play at any other 360 show. So that was pretty exciting at Mile High Stadium. And it was a rainy, I want to say May or June of 2011. It was a rainy day, but it was a good show. Well, by the time they had gotten to Denver, they had stopped playing a lot of the songs off the album and were doing more Octung Baby Zuropa yes. tribute songs because of the 20th anniversary. Right. That's a good point. You're right. Mm-hmm. I love I love the detail. I love the minutiae. So Carly, <laughs> Carly, you're you're willing to board an airplane and fly to a city. Uh, anywhere in the U.S. to see you too is what I'm understanding. Anywhere in North America, I've gone to Canada as well. I just haven't. You know, it's funny. I want to go like like if Zebold wants to go see them in Dublin, I'm going to go with totally go Zebold to, to Jeff with um, that's here to see you too. But um, I'll go anywhere in North America to see them. Usually, I see five or six shows per tour if I can. And when you're talking with Jeff, you call him Zebold. I do. <laughs> All right. All right. Feel free to call me Valeriano if you can pronounce it. But I do of- owe you, Murray, because this is how you two is how I found the Rock Solid podcast because <laughs> I, I the U two episode. Oh really? Oh, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. But Murray, you're you're, you're not on the U two episode though, are you, Murray? Yeah, I'm with uh, what's his face that dude from San Francisco. Oh, with Aaron Gould. Yes, it is U two. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, I would like to point out you've done two U two episodes. And here you are. None. Featuring the co-host whose favorite band is... You're here. You're here yeah, right now. I'm here because Carly's here. By the way, Carly, I, you know, going back to that, um, the 360 tour at the Rose Bowl, that was the only time I didn't get a GA. And I think that might factor into mm-hmm. it also. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always GA. I'm always... Yeah. And that might... And for some reason, I'm like, oh, it's a big venue. I'll just go a little bit up so I can see over everybody's heads. And then I felt a mile and a half away. And just to paint a picture uh, for people that maybe aren't as cool as everyone in the room today, GA is a general admission seat. <laughs> All right. It's a big commitment, though, with the U2 show, because people people get their spot like a day in advance or maybe two days in advance. So, yeah. Now, my, my U2 wife, Hallie Cohen, uh, on well, she did that. I, I missed one tour, um, and she did that. She went down the night before and slept out and was just <laughs> right this on the stage. Oh, so. my God. This is why Carly runs a 5K every day so that she has the stamina for the GA. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on, folks. We're going to move on to the next category. Again, Jeff, can I say my favorite live song, though? Yeah, go ahead. You can say it. You can say it. I feel like I'm hijacking your show. You're not. uh, I told you to to join in for a little bit. Uh, Oh, I'm saying the whole time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put you on mute. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I go mean, ahead. Uh, he froze. He froze. Oh, no. Where'd it go? You, oh, you froze for a second. Yeah, you froze. For real, you did. It's gone from the Vertigo uh, uh, tour. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't the Vertigo tour. It was gone from live from Boston. Oh, yeah, 2001, live from Boston. That's amazing. Sorry, yeah. If I had that queued up and ready, I would play it, but I still like hearing it anyway. People go seek that song out and make Murray happy. Uh, Next up, we got best cover song. Carly, what do you got for us? Yeah, I've got Jesus Christ from Folkways, Vision Shared. Uh, they covered this Woody Guthrie song for like this compilation. It's, it is peak rattle and hum era U2 covering Woody Guthrie folk music. Here we go. Jesus Christ. Great. I'm going to church with you too. Bono abusing his voice in a way that he just can't do anymore. <laughs> that's sad. I think though. somebody that I knew had a cassette tape of that uh, album and that's, I haven't heard it since. So, wow. Thanks for uncovering that one. Yeah. You guys can do some file sharing after this tonight. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what is your favorite? I'm sorry. Zebold. What's your favorite? Uh, <laughs> What's your favorite um, cover so song? My pick is uh, Night and Day, which is their cover of the Cole Porter song. Um, and this is this was on the Red Hot and Blue uh, kind of AIDS benefit album that came out in the early 90s. And, you know, featured like it, David Byrne had a cover on there, Annie Lennox, uh, Erasure, Thompson Twins. Um, and it produced like a whole series of other, uh, you know, albums that were, you know, t- for AIDS benefits. And, the, you know, I mean, I really like this song, but the other part of this song is that, you know, you, you had the end of the Joshua Tree Rattle and Hum tour and saying, you know, we got to go away and dream it all up again. And, oh, my God, what's going to happen to you, too? Are they actually going to come back or not? And then this is that first reintroduction to what they've been doing. And it, it sounds so different than what they had been doing. And it just kind of open the door to what to expect with, with Octung baby. So, okay. So, so this is night and day. Now the version I'm playing comes from the Octung baby bonus CD. So I hope this is a, uh, this is okay with you, Jeff. Yeah, it's still good. Okay, cool. Here we go.
I love how you can hear the edges flourishes like underneath that, Jeff. It's a great yeah. choice. But well, that person, they kind of doubled down on the drum machines there. I'm sure Larry loved that. <laughs> does does not sound like a Cole Porter song. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, and I love that Carly uses the term flourishes. Very good, Carly. <laughs> Thank you. All right, moving on to our next uh, category. What do we got here? Best deep track. Here we go. Start thinking about yeah. it, Murray. Oh, yeah. What's so my favorite cover. Oh, do you have a favorite, oh, do you have a favorite cover? Off the top of my head. Yeah. Zebul. Uh, <laughs> it's a barefoot. Mm-hmm. Or I like the live version of um, Satellite of Love when Lou Reed joins him on the screen. Oh, very yeah. nice. Oh, that is wonderful. Very so nice. TV, man. So good. Right. All right, Carly, best deep track. Hopefully it has flourishes. <laughs> <laughs> Many. Um, however, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I hesitate to call this a deep track, but it's one that doesn't get enough love. So I'm going to put it in the category. It's breathe from no line on the horizon. Um, you know, even though when they kicked off, right, Murray, the 360 tour, they, all the lights were up, you know, they played space oddity as their intro. And then they came up with all the lights up and they played breathe. To me, this is a song that unless you bought that album, you don't know it. Um, but the album is all about like alienation to a certain extent to me. It's got unknown caller. It's got moment of surrender, but breathe. I mean, Bono is back. He's earnest. He's sincere. And it's got that final, like, you know, um, set of lyrics, which is basically sing your heart out. I found grace inside a sound. I found grace. It's all I found and to me. It just, that almost brings me to tears. It's so beautiful. All right. Let's hear a little bit and look for Carly to tear up. Here we go. <laughs> yes. And it's also got the, like, there's nothing you have that I need. Like, that's, I mean, that's such a central, like, U2 theme, right? Like, you don't need stuff. You don't need, you need love in your life, and that's all you need. Like, that, to me, is, like, a very, like, all that you can't leave behind theme. It's very no line on the horizon theme. I just love it. No stuff. Let's not get crazy, Bono. So that, that this is an interesting album to to talk about because because I know it's a, an album that that Carly really likes and and she let me know that, that it's one that means something special to you too, Pat. Yes. Um, and it, it's one of those albums that I, I I just keep wanting to like and and over the years I I go back to it and I listen to it, um, you know, and part of that wanting to like it is for that same reason why I liked Octung Baby so much because it was it was that idea of like okay fuck what we used to do. We're going to do something completely different. Even though we're like the biggest rock and roll band in the world, we're going to do something that's completely unexpected for us. And it worked. And they were doing the same thing. I felt like with no line on the horizon, you know, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the harmonies. I, it just, 
there's certain parts of songs that I really like and, but then there's other parts that I don't. And I'm just curious to kind of hear you guys talk about it and, and, and get your feedback on that album. Cause it, it just, it's always perplexed me. All right, Murray, do you want to add something? Uh, your thoughts um, on no liner in the horizon? First of all, thank you for playing that. Cause I'm going to listen to that album when I work out after this. So Carly, awesome. Are you going to get, uh, are you going to be jacked tonight when we play poker? Are you going to be ripped? I'm going to be buff. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to lay out. I'm going to get bronze. Murray and I play, Murray and I play zoom poker uh, every Sunday night. So that's why I said tonight that we're not getting together. I, th- I think uh, I love that. album. I think, I think I, lo- I don't like the sequencing of that album. I don't like the order of the songs of that album. And I think that might have to do with a lot of people not appreciating the album. Um, that's really the only kind of negative thing. That's because I spent, I'm like, I like every song. Why am I not? Outside of Cedars, love them. But I like, you know, like, why Why am I not? And I, I think it's the word, I think it's the sequence in the album. I think it's the order of the album, in my uh, two, two cents. All right. And for me, for me, Jeff, in case Carly hasn't told you this story, I think I've told it many times on here. Um, we uh, we moved into the house we're in right now. Uh, well, we, we closed on it the week uh, this album came out. So I had the keys to come in and paint the house, you know, before we actually moved in. So this was the soundtrack for that, for New Beginnings. This was just the album that I listened to on a loop as I, uh, as I painted all the rooms in our new, what would be our home. So uh, it just, I just love the album. I, I always have loved it. So I know it's, it's not a fan favorite often. And I, I don't understand because I really love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it. like I said, I've always, you know, I keep going back to it because it's for me, it's an album like, uh, you know, Songs of Innocence, like it's just it's just not my type of music. And I, I just know that, you know, I don't go back to it really, ultimately. But with this album, I, I keep trying to go back to it to, you know, maybe as the years go on, it will grow on me. And it just, it, it really never does. There's really just, you know, Magnificent and uh, Moment of Surrender are the only two songs that really stick for me off of that album. Gotcha. And Murray, you had a, you had a physical reaction to... Uh... Uh, Zebold saying he didn't like songs of innocence. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I oh, wish yeah. I did. But. I know. Hey man, I'm not, uh, obviously you care enough to be on the podcast. So, you, you know, we can't hold it against you. You love you too enough to, to be a, a husband of you uh, too, husband of Carly. So I've got some cred. So yeah, totally. you're not going to completely disregard me because I don't like it. She has adorned her room with more you too stuff than I've noticed on yours. I don't know. If well, that it. is true. But what she, a lot of what she has is because I gave it to her. Oh, ah. <laughs> like it's this guy, true. Huh? He gives me all the vinyl I get. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Uh, Jeff, what's your, uh, is it, what is it again? Deep track. Deep, but deep track. Best deep so cut. Uh, Drowning Man off of uh, War. And like, this is just, you know, a song that I don't know if they've played it live. I've never heard of it. Um, maybe they did back in the day. Um, you know, and it just, I love the violin of the song and, you know, trying to, to parse out is it is it a song about spirituality or is it a song about love maybe both um it, it just it's a song that I, I i liked when i was young and to this day still something that i just love listening to cool I love kind of the cinematic feel of it the the, the descriptions of things it, it always seems to be when i listen to the song that i can kind of you know visualize a hand reaching out to another hand and um i don't know i just i just love it all right here we go drowning man from Zebold.
Good pick, Jeff. I have not heard that in a long, long time. You're back in my good graces, Siebold. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I scored some points. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you guys were at each other's throats a couple seconds ago. No, I'm glad. It was getting ugly, and I hated to do it in front of Carly. But. It's kind of uh, it's kind of ironic that a song from the album War would bring people together. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, you can't have a peace without war, they say. <laughs> All right. Marie, do you have a favorite deep track? Um, off the top of my head, would you consider In a Little While a deep track? Yeah. Yeah, love that song so much. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite, one of my favorites off that album. It's not a distinctive mm-hmm. uh, edge sound on his guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I just love it so much. Good call. Yeah, that is a good call. Now, Murray, we're thinking out of the box now because next up we're going to play a favorite song, favorite U2 song covered by another artist. Okay. So put your thinking cap on while Carly introduces her tune. By the way, thank you for letting me crash, you guys. Carly, Zebold, thank you. No, this is great. I didn't even ask them if you could. I just said someone's going to join us. Oh, okay. Anybody that's passionate about you too, I'm going to be a fan of. So. Oh, there you go. This guy, I like him, Carly. (laughs) He's so nice, isn't he? Yeah. He's Carly. He's fine. Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is your job done, Carly? He gets gets the the job job done. He was kind enough to do a Name That Tune dry run with me before uh, I actually hosted Name That Tune for the first time. And he got his ears permanently damaged with hearing from feedback. So he deserves some. <laughs> well, that is very nice. And we appreciate all the work that you do on the Name That Tune, show, Name that tune shows, Carly. So thank I've you. even actually emailed her questions about Zoom. So thank you very much. For I've done the same thing. I, I've done it too. Okay. So. all right. I don't know why we feel like Carly is an expert on Zoom, but maybe right now you are. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Who is coming? Yeah. So my cover, I chose one that maybe people haven't heard. I have trouble with you, anybody covering you two, because I don't think anybody can top them. But uh, George Michael covered Miss Sarajevo for a covers record he did in 1999 called Best Songs of the Last Century, I think. So here's just a little bit of Miss Sarajevo sung by George Michael. And rock and peace, George Michael. Here we go. For cutting hair, is there a time for high street shopping to find the right dress to wear? Here she comes. Heads turn around. Here she comes. That's not a song I usually enjoy, but I really did like that version. I agree with you. I am not a fan of Passengers at all, but I like that cover. Yeah. I like that song. You like that song? I'm not a fan of that fan of Passengers, but I like the original of that, and I know a lot of people don't. Sorry, Zebold. We'll get in a fight with Zebold on this, because Zebold's a fan of Passengers. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, we just cleared the air. <laughs> she throws him right under the bus. So strong. <laughs> Unbelievable. You guys are in Camp Larry. I'm in, I'm in Camp Eno and Lanois. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, Passengers has, there's definitely some songs on there that are freaking horrible. But there's some, there's some of the noodling in there that I just really like. All righty. All righty. <laughs> so now, 
Jeff, you're the, you, the, you, you, right. you went a little bit uh, weird here. It's supposed to be a cover of a U2 song, but the guys that are covering this song are in U2. Yes. So yeah, explain. I, I, totally, I totally cheated here. Right? Yeah, you I, really I, did. Because um, like, as Carly mentioned, it's to me, it's difficult to find a band that can cover the songs in any way that matches or reinvents even the song. Um, and so I picked uh, Tomorrow, which Adam and Bono did for this Common Grounds voice of modern Irish music album. Um, and, you know, it's one of my favorite songs off of October. You know, it's the song about Bono dealing with the death of his mother when he was young. And the lyrics are very, uh, you know, tell the story. Um, I like this version a little bit better than the version that showed up on the album. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess the band members probably do too, because it's such an album that they, as a, as a whole, are not real big fans of. But um, that's why I picked it. I, you know, I, I just couldn't find somebody that I thought did a great cover. And so I cheated. And you know what? I don't think I have the right version of the song, Jeff. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think I do. What, do you have the actual version? I think I have the actual version. <laughs> so who now who fucked up? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the ones you asked me to send you. Uh, when we see each other in person, Jeff, you can punch me in the gut. All right. <laughs> is, is this the right? No, this is the right version. What I meant to say was I'm right on point. You got a you got a puss on your face. What's going on? Oh, I was just smiling. I was watching Zebold give you the finger to tone it down, and you never do. He has to give it to you like three times. I wanted to hear it a little bit more. Let me see. Let, let me see, Jeff. I, I I'm keeping a lot of balls in the air here, Jeff. Let me let me see how you're doing it. Maybe I'm not. Uh, see. No, is that how he was doing it, or was he? How was he doing it? He's was you weren't doing it like that. There's no way. All right. Uh, I like that song. I like that version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. nice. Like and it was for what? It was for it was. It's called Common Grounds: Voices oh. of Modern Irish Music. Oh, uh, all right. Elvis Costello, Kate Bush, Sinead O'Connor, a couple other contributions. I'm gonna take a page out of Zebel. I feel like Zebel and I are pretty tight at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I take a page out of his book and pick a uh, uh, the cover of One by Automatic Baby. Mm. which is R.E.M. And- it's, it's Mike Mills and Bill Berry from R.E.M. and then Adam Clayton and... So it was, it was, no. Stipe. It was Stipe. It was Stipe. Stipe. You're right. It was Stipe, 
Mike Mills, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen Jr. And they did it for Rock the Vote and for Bill Clinton. Yep. Good call. That was a good one. Very nice, Murray. That's a better, you did better. Because, you know, for me, having, having Bono do the vocals, it's, it's basically the same song. This isn't a competition, buddy. We're, <laughs> I think right. it is. I like you too. You and I are still tight, bud. It's all right, cool. <laughs> all right, moving on to category number eight. Best use of U2 in a TV or movie. Yeah, so this is my second choice because my first choice is With or Without You that everybody's heard a million times. Mm-hmm. It's used in the series finale of the TV show The Americans. And there is a scene in the very final scene of the final episode where, spoiler alert, like the the Russian spies that are this family are going to have to separate forever and probably never see each other again. And they play with or without you as a train is pulling away. And it's heartbreaking. But we've all heard that many times. So I'm going to go with Zoo Station from About a Boy because it's hilarious. There's a scene where the boy is, I don't know if you've seen this movie or not, but the little boy that's trying to like harass Hugh Grant is like, you know, pushing on the doorbell and Hugh Grant turns up his zoo station to try to drown out the doorbell and the little boy starts like pushing the doorbell in time with the music. It's so cute. Here we go, zoo station. Everyone push your doorbells. <laughs> hey yo. to that album when i work out (laughs) (laughs) just listen to all of them really i know right oh my god that opening is so great Mm -hmm. very nice carly carly's killing it today jeff and then there's you (laughs) (laughs) talking about z-boy over here that's my that's my homie (laughs) all right uh you're up what do you got for us jeff um, so again, I, I kind of cheated a little bit. Um, I picked a a song that was done specifically for a movie, and it only includes one member of the band. Um, this is from um, the Daniel Day Lewis movie, In the Name of the Father. And again, it's uh, a member of U2 collaborating with Sinead O'Connor. Um, and this is the song that rolls through the credits of the movie, and it is uh, Thief of My Heart. And uh, you just scored more points with Murray, Jeff, because he is a big fan of Sinead O'Connor. Here we go. You guys can talk in a minute. (laughs) 
see you, Jeff. I see you. You got it. <laughs> All right. Do okay, you guys- has anybody ever seen Sinead O'Connor like perform an entire show? Yeah. Really? She I had the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times. Look at him. He's just uh, nailing the the putting the last nail in the coffin there. One of the times I saw it, it was here at Denver and it was at the Paramount uh, Theater. And there was one guy, it, it, she even prefaced it because it was it was a tour, I want to say around the time maybe Gospel Oak came out, an album, an EP of hers. And she had kind of said, you know, I'm not going to be playing the songs from I Don't Want What I Haven't Got and Lion and the Cobra. I'm like kind of done with those songs. And there was one dude in the audience that after every song, she would he would yell out, Troy, which is a song <laughs> off of Lion and the Cobra. <laughs> And it's just it's a song about a horrible breakup, and he, it was just, you know, wow. And she yeah, didn't. And she didn't do it though. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. All right. In nope. his defense, it's a good song. It is a great song. <laughs> I was hoping he would have walked out and you would have taken his seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump in with one here. Right on. Um, I'm a I'm a Wait, big. What's the category? Is it still covers? Or movies? Songs from uh, songs in movies. Movies, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Mine's sorry. a little bit of a cheat too, but um, I love the song from Batman Forever. Hold me, thrill oh, me, yeah. kiss oh, me, kill me. Yes. So. song is definitely too good to be in Batman Forever. <laughs> I mean, man. You know Pat Francis, though, it is so on brand for him to pick something from a Batman movie. Yeah, even, even a Batman yeah, movie that I don't care for. But, man, that song is undeniable. And we didn't even get to Bono the, did, yeah. Bono dressed up like a Clockwork Orange on the plot, on the Pop Mart tour to do that song. And it was cool, right? Yeah. They, they were showing that uh, cartoon animation of the uh, video in the, on the, yes. the yep. so the songs experience for you. So when was the first time everybody saw you two? Jeff, first of all, Jeff, you're not the host of this. <laughs> and I haven't even put in my favorite movie song yet. Oh my oh, God, I'm sorry. Jeff. I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. Carly, I you, you, that I Carly, you vouch for this guy. What the <laughs> hell? Doing, Carly, come on. Yeah, like, you know, he's the, a big fan. This is what happens, Jeff, about, about an hour in. That's when I get, uh, that's when I get pissy. Uh, Murray, <laughs> all right. Go right ahead, Murray. Time. What's uh, what's your favorite song from a movie? Well, since everybody's cheating in this category except Carly, I will join the cheating side Good. and say I'm going to pick my least favorite uh, use of a U2 song in a movie, and it was um, "The Devil Wears Prada." Okay. And when they're flying into Paris, they're playing "City of Blinding Lights," oh. all right. and it bums me out because the song's not about Paris. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, Jeff, I did like your question, actually. I think that's a great question. When's the first time we all saw you two? So should we go ladies first? 
Absolutely. Go ahead, Murray. Well, then when the first time I saw you two was, <laughs> it's what we do. I know. Go ahead, Carly. Um, it's actually where I got this shirt. Uh, uh, October 5th, 1987, Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. Wow. Now, I'm going to have to look up a date while you guys uh, go through this. Oh, yeah, I, I look up my date also. Which... All right. Jeff, you're next. Um, so it would have been shortly after Carly saw them on the Joshua Tree tour. And the reason that I remember it was in October is because I am a, as I mentioned earlier in the show, when I am passionate about something, I take it probably a little too far. Um, and <laughs> I am extremely passionate about uh, the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. I grew up in St. Louis. Just I, I'm insane about the team. And they were in the World Series that year. And the night that you two played in St. Louis at the Checker Dome was game seven of the World Series. Wow. So it was, you know, you take these two passions of mine and I'd never seen you two. I still went to the show. And what did I do the whole time I was at the show? I had a radio with heads, <laughs> headphones and I was fucking listening to the baseball game. Unbelievable. And, and, and to make matters worse, they end up losing and it ruined <laughs> my night. The only good part about it was that to start the show, Bono, Bono came out in a red Cardinals jacket. All right. Oh, there you go. So basically, Jeff, you ruined two things that night that you love. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Murray, what about factor in his date? I'm sure she had a good time too. <laughs> yeah. Who were you with at that show, Jeff? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> that's a funny story too. It was, it was with my next door neighbor, but um, you know, guy that I went to high school with, okay. but I, I had a very good friend of mine was very upset that I didn't, cause I got, my brother got the two tickets. He was the dude that went to famous and bar and stood in line to get tickets for that show. And he got me, you know, he got me two tickets. And instead of inviting my friend, I invited my neighbor. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Je uh, Murray, what, what about you? First time seeing you two? Uh, night, uh, April. January, February, March, April, <laughs> April 12th, 1985, unforgettable fire tour. I snuck out of the house. Well, I snuck to the concert with my friend, Mark Kling, bought a $20 ticket in the parking lot for fifth row. Nice. And it was great. And it was my first concert ever. Um, Lone Justice opened and um, they were still closing with 40. I know they brought that back later. So, I mean, it, they couldn't sell out Brendan Burn Arena at this point. There were still Mohawks and punks in the audience. And, uh, it was just, it was a great first concert for ending up being my favorite band of all time. All right. And for me, this is, this is, this is interesting. April 9th, 1985, just three days before Murray sees them. I see them at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena on the Unforgettable Fire Tour with Lone Justice. Great show. Yeah. I was still in high school. Pat was 37. I was, uh, <laughs> our, our fourth child had just been born. Um, I was getting my master's degree. All right. So none of that's true. Carly, was it the Bodines that opened up for your show? No, it was Los Lobos and little Steven. Uh, oh, nice. Oh man. You know, I think, and Carly, I think we've discussed this. We, I live in Los Angeles uh -huh. We never get good openers in Los Angeles. Yeah, I've heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that. It's crazy. Yeah. Because I, I, I see all the other openers. <laughs> I mean, we've had a couple of good ones like Rage yeah. with Pop and um, yeah, No Doubt. But other ones are, and, oh, well, Kings of Leon. All right. Maybe we do get good openers. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I 
the Black Eyed Peas with Slash would not like totally get me in the U2 mood, right? Like, yeah, I was not a fan of that. Like, Rose Bowl. Kravitz opened the next one and he spent mm-hmm. 20 minutes trying to get everybody to sing Let Love Rule with them and nobody wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Why can't it in, man? Yeah. What do you got against letting love rule, Murray? Hey, man, I'll let love rule. All right. <laughs> but I'll let it rule for 10 minutes. After 20, get off stage. We paid to see you too. I'm going to ask Mary exactly how long you let love rule. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to see if it's even 10 minutes. All right, moving on. Uh, Best video, Carly. Best video. Yeah, so I have to pick the tragic and wonderful All I Want Is You, which is the black and white Bellini-esque film that involves the sad romance between a dwarf and a trapeze artist and the untimely demise of the trapeze artist because it's a six-minute long song and it is tragic and beautiful all right here we go all i want is you i remember seeing that for the first time Edge guitar, it's unmistakable. Mm-hmm. I for, I love. I remember seeing that video for the first time. I love it. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Good choice, Carly. Jeff, what do you got for us? So I picked one. Um, I know, but what one did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> the one. Oh, okay. So you got Bono sitting in a bar smoking a cigarette. It, it is. It is the height of Bono's coolness. And I just, I, I, I love the, the way the video plays out. And I actually have a friend that with his little kids, he had a weekend where I think maybe his, his wife was out of town and he had the little kids in the house by himself. And he worked with them to, to recreate the video. Um, and it was just awesome rendition. And so, you know, I kind of have that additional element of, you know, loving that original video, but then having that uh, view of, 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 you know, he, what he did with his kids and that kind of thing that they'll be able to hold on to and remember forever. Guys are always doing shenanigans when the wives are out of the house, dressing yep. the kids up like you too, making a video. I bet when she came home, dishes were still in the sink, but this guy, he made that video. No, no not with this guy. All right. No <laughs> All right. Let's hear a little bit of one.
that's such a good song. Yeah. So and good. I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, going through and collecting these songs, there was, was one that I listened to that, you know, I, I kind of heard it a little differently than I had ever heard it before. And, and this is that song. And it, it's, you know, listening to the lyrics, which are just so great. You know, the, you, you gave me nothing. Now it's all I've got. And love is a temple. Love is a higher law. It's just, it just, but anyway, my, how I heard the song differently, you know, so you have that first part of the song where it's this, you know, it's the end of this relationship and, and there's these things that they just can't resolve, but then it breaks open into this, this, well, that's, that's that relationship, but you know, we've got this whole world out there that, you know, we might not be the same, we're all different, but we all work together to, to carry each other and, and make life better. And it just, I never really heard the song as kind of these two separate pieces of this heartbreak at the end of this relationship, but then this, you know, rebirth and, and awareness of the, the rest of the world is out there and that we all work together to make it better for each other. It's just Here, beautiful. Hearing you explain it, Jeff, makes me realize this is a complete bullshit. <laughs> I, all up. I was stoned when I listened to it. So whatever. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. Here's what I just, uh, figured out about that recording this podcast I'll, I'll ask you guys what's your next song carly and i know what it is i'm looking at it i'm playing the songs <laughs> I, I know i know what all the songs are murray do you have a uh a, a song from this category uh best music video is yes what we're saying, right? yeah i was off the top of my head i got I, I gotta give props to gloria because it's a, it was my first introduction to you two seeing that on mtv late at night and then i, I always liked who's gonna run your wild horses mm -hmm. only because and i always I, that song doesn't get its due, I don't think. I think it's a great song, and nobody ever talks about it. And I heard Bono say one time that he felt like they never finished it. And I think maybe that's why it never got. But I always like the part in the video where he's singing, and then he just stops and walks away, but the vocals are still going. It's a kind of an interesting uh, point in that video. So, when isn't that the song that he, from the sky down where they're listening to it, and they realize that it, that song was kind of the beginnings of one <laughs> I don't remember that from the sky down. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch it, but it might be. All right. We can edit that part out. No. Uh, at, nope, Pat, nope. Pat texted me and said he's editing all your parts. Out, so <laughs> That's so That's not true. That's so not true, Jeff. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying you very, very much. Uh, I do have a song for this category. Uh, and mine is where the streets have no name. And um, I don't know how much of the drama in the video is manufactured with them on top mm -hmm. of the roof in LA and the police oh, are going to shut it down. But I remember seeing that. <laughs> I mean, and this is, that's eight years before I moved to LA. And I remember seeing that and I just felt like I want to be at a place. I want to live in a place where you two might just play on the roof of a building. I, you know, it, the whole video just has an excitement to it. And, um, Murray, don't you, we live in LA. There, there is exciting stuff that happens here that, doesn't go on in other parts of the country. And it's, uh, you I saw know, Duran Duran in the parking lot of a Ralph's to do a concert. I, I saw, I saw Rod Stewart do a full concert at the, at tower records in the parking lot. I mean, it's just, um, I saw the counting crows do a concert at the Grove. Yeah. Which see, is an outdoor mall out here. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, but uh, other than music stuff, it's just, there's, there's, it's exciting out here. Like right I now, I act out a scene in a Seven Eleven. It was amazing. <laughs> 
Like this whole year has been very. You don't know until you stumble upon it. That's what's so amazing. Right. That's true. That's true. All right. So let's hear a little bit of where the streets have no name. Oh, that's not it. That's not it at all. Here we go. I'm not going to edit that out either, Jeff. (laughs) We're doing it live. We're doing it live. We're going fucking live. (laughs) Obviously, I didn't cue this up, so it's going to... We're going to hear about a four-minute intro. What did you say, Murray? I have a problem with that. Carly, what's going to come up here with Edge's guitar? What do you call this? What's going to happen? It's going to soar. I thought you would say flourish. <laughs> flourish. <laughs> it's going to come in. This is the song that Brian Eno tried, tried to erase. Oh, no, uh, that's not true. And Lamb Law <laughs> came in and said, no, no, that's a good song. There's, there's too many people here. We're going to have to shut this down. You guys can't play here tonight. It's just not, I mean, look, people are going to be in danger and it's just not a good idea. And Vanu, uh, your hair's too long and Edge, I don't like that ponytail under the hat. And we just got to, and Larry's playing to a click track and we're just not going to let this fly tonight, guys. You just can't do it. We're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. video it's crazy all right we didn't even get to lyrics but if there is a song that everybody needs to see live it is that song i I mean i've seen i've seen you two a lot of times and there have been times when they haven't been on their game but that song brings it around every time that big even with that redo the joshua tree tour that they did a few years back i mean that song still just yeah, the visuals that they put on the screens for it, it always works, whether it's different or not. And it, it just, yeah, it, it, I agree. Agree. Murray, you made me think of a question. Maybe uh, I'll start with Carly. How many times have you seen U2 live, Carly? Do you know? I think I'm up to 38 shows. That's good. That's a good number. Jeff, what about you? I don't know the exact number. I'm going to guess it's it's double digits for sure. So anywhere between 12 to 15 is my guess. All right. So far, Carly's winning. Uh, Murray, what about you? Well, I don't know the exact number, but I have seen every tour since the Unforgettable Fire. And then around um, Elevation, I started seeing every night mm-hmm. when they're in town or San Diego. But I did miss uh, songs of, I get experience and in, in it's confused. I missed the second that's songs of experience. Mm-hmm. I missed that tour because I was. They played the night I was in surgery, so I didn't get to see that tour. Oh, so no. Wait a minute. What's your excuse for not seeing this? You were having <laughs> open heart surgery. I don't know if you've ever heard me bring it up. Have you been talking to me in five minutes? Uh, not a. F- <laughs> I'm going to say not you know, a. F- I'll, I'll bring it up plenty of times in our friendship, buddy. You'll you'll get the whole story. I'm going to say not a true fan. If you can't, uh, <laughs> you can't postpone the surgery one day to get to that show. No, no. It was oh, frowned upon. It was Not frowned. a enough you fan. <laughs> it was frowned upon. It was frowned upon to move the surgery one more day. <laughs> well, I've only seen them four times, but I feel that's I feel that's a good number. Uh, yeah. I saw Unforgettable Fire, and then uh, they called it the Vertigo Tour, didn't they? In 2004, yeah. 2005? Yeah. 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 And then I saw yeah. the 360, and then I saw the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the age of one of those things. 
the what? The first, uh, what was it? Age of, I always Age get a mix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Songs yeah. of Innocence. Songs of Innocence. What did I say? Age of, I'm an idiot. Okay. So <laughs> you and Siegel went, right? Because I was on the other side of the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were right on the floor by yeah, yeah, the by the mini stage. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Other than being with Siegel, I had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I, I was also at the I was at the 360 show with Siegel. What month was that, Murray, out here? The 360? Yeah. At, at uh in Pasadena. At the Rose Bowl. Uh, probably June or July. I, I whatever it was, it was freezing and Siegel. Oh, I thought it was hot. No, it was freezing. Oh, I'm thinking uh, Joshua Tree Seagold because they did it. They played it at the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl also. At okay, Rose you're Bowl. right. Yeah, I remember now because our car died and I froze out in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, Seagull didn't bring a jacket. He was just wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> and it was making me cold. Just sitting next to him. All right. How does that guy function? I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with that guy? He's going to listen to this. Um, Carly, what's the first <laughs> song you ever heard by you 2 yeah, it was a sort of homecoming, which is the first track on the Unforgettable Fire. I was at my friend Michelle Brown's house. I was in the fifth grade. Are you still friends with Michelle Brown? I am. I love that. She married a much older gentleman and lives a beach lifestyle. Things worked out really well for her. How much older <laughs> is uh, how much older is he than her? Fifteen years? At least. Maybe he's 20. an older British gentleman. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but he Who's was older, him or Pat? <laughs> oh, he's way older than that. Thank you. Oh, well. All right. A sort of homecoming. <laughs> shot, shot it, Murray. A sort of homecoming. Mike Schmidt's favorite U2 song, I believe. Oh. time carly have we heard <laughs> have we heard enough I think you do. I think <laughs> i'm kind of not looking at you i'm kind of looking down i'm kind of just getting into the music i know i kind of don't want the turn offs i know uh, it's hard you, we got to eventually turn it off but um but it's difficult uh jeff what's the first song you heard I, i'm not 100 percent certain it might have been gloria but i've I think probably it is New Year's Day, if I'm being honest. Um, I was definitely a very much a product of the 80s where MTV was how I was introduced to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, there was the New Year's Day video, them playing out in the snow, and it just is all very vivid for me. Um, so, yeah, that's the first one I saw, I think. If Mike Siegel was in this video, he'd have a T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. I have to, I have to turn this down a little bit. Jeff, were you waving at me? Did you wave at me, Jeff? Do you need something? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I, have, I have said this a thousand times and I stand by it 100%, even though he doesn't know it. Adam Clayton is my boyfriend. Oh, I will. I'm sorry, Frank and Mary, if you ever said, <laughs> come over to Ireland and live in my giant castle and watch me play bass shirtless. I'm like, I am there. <laughs> I am there. Uh, He's so amazing. He is so elegant. His bass playing has grown. He's gotten so much better since the, the early days. And it, it, it's it, he's great. He's amazing. And he looks fantastic now on the last tour. Slim down, dressing a little rock and rolly, rocking the gray hair, spiking it. I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, me too. So the other night, I'm in uh, I'm in the car with Rita, Jeff. That's my uh, that's my youngest. She, uh, she's 16. Okay. And, and she says, uh, and I had a Captain America shirt on. She goes, "You love Captain America?" I go, "I do." And she said, "Would you marry Chris Evans?" And I said, "What's the what are the circumstances?" And she said. You're, you're at the altar. You're getting ready to marry mommy. He walks in and he says that he wants to marry you. What do you do? And I said, well, I still marry mommy. I go, but if Thanos snaps and mommy disappears, then I marry Chris Evans. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was an acceptable answer for her. All right. Nice. That's, a, that's a very good resolution to that problem. Yeah, I thought I, thought I came up with a good one. Yeah, you did that's handle that Let's be honest. If he's snapping his finger and somebody's disappearing, it's going to be you. I know. And then he's going to marry my wife, my <laughs> wife to be. Damn it. Um, I'm going to jump right into what Jeff said about MTV. I'm the same way. Jeff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jeff. Uh, I'm a kid of MTV. I would sit in, in front of MTV for hours like a like an idiot. And uh, definitely the first song that I ever heard from you 2 was the one that you mentioned but didn't play, which is Gloria. That's mine too. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't have MTV as a kid. You guys are so So, Carly, no MTV when you were growing up? No, I lived in a really rural part of Ohio and you couldn't get cable TV. And so I would take Friday night videos mm. every Friday night 
And that's why I hate David Letterman to this day, because some days it would be on late, like because of a ball game or something. Mm-hmm. And then I would get like half an hour of David Letterman. And he would like sneer at the camera and he'd be like, hey, kids, your little dance party show is going to be late. <laughs> and it pissed me off so much because I only put it on for two hours. But I'd never physically seen you two until Justine Bateman hosted Friday Night Videos and they showed the video for Pride. And I'd never seen them before. I had no idea what they looked like. Wow. Other than, you know. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. But yeah, no MTV for me. All right. Yeah, like I thought you were a Denver kid. I'm sorry, Siegel. Where in Ohio did you grow up? Uh, north, uh, small town, northeast Ohio, Canton area. Okay. Northeast. Yeah, I was going northwest. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Probably two hours from where Pat's from. Two hours due west. There you go. Yeah. It, but yeah, it's very strange that I had MTV because again, very small. Yeah. Rural community too, but you just, you didn't know who was going to get it. No. Um, <laughs> and we would sit around, my my brother and sister and I would sit around for hours just watching. And I, back in those days, there weren't a ton of videos. And so it was the same ones over and over. Yep. And it was just <laughs> lots of Rod Stewart. Yeah. Seagull, <laughs> as we become better friends, which I'm pretty sure we're going to after this. No, um, never. I, yeah, no, <laughs> you froze. And I'm not I have even two ju- stories I constantly okay. tell, and one is my open heart surgery, and and one is uh, growing up a preacher's kid. And I wasn't. We had MTVs, but I wasn't allowed to watch it, so I just sneak down and like keep the volume like just barely on one. And then if somebody was coming down the stairs, like slide it off to like some other thing and run back to the couch. <laughs> if someone was coming downstairs, you'd turn it over to Cinemax. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Murray, put your thinking cap on for this next category. I know you have one, but we're going to start with Carly and it's all time favorite U2 song. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. This is difficult. It is one's hard. It changes for me all the time. Um, but right now it's acrobat um, because it's a beautiful song. It's, and it also, it really resonates today. Um, and I just, I love the whole, you know, nothing seems to fit. You know, you'll get out, but you don't know where to hit. Um, and they played it live for the first time on the Songs of Experience tour. And so every show I went to for that tour, I went to six shows. I bonded with people in the GA about Acrobat because everybody came to hear that song. And the first night in Vegas, I befriended a group of people from Mexico City and we had our arms around each other when they played this. It was a beautiful moment. All right, here we go. Acrobat. So, Carly, you're in GA. Are you by yourself when you're bonding with a group of strangers? Uh, it depends. Um, you know, Nathan would come with me occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd always say, like, I like them, but I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, uh, the Madison Square Garden shows I went to by myself um, in the GA. So, it what, depends. What I would say about that? half the time. What's that? What tour was that at the Garden? Uh, I saw Songs of Experience at the Garden. Oh, okay. I was not here for that one. Yeah, I would yeah. rather yeah. I would rather go to a concert by myself than drag someone along who who doesn't care or doesn't want to be there. I mean, because or doesn't wear a coat. 
or doesn't wear a coat <laughs> because you're uh, then you're always worried about if they're having fun or not. And then that decreases your fun when you're worried about someone else. So yeah, Jeff, I learned that Jeff wants to be in the seats and not in the GA. Right, yeah. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah. Yes. Well, and I mean, it's funny you mentioned, I mean, for the longest time I always felt like I had to go to a concert with somebody and over the later years after I got married, I was dragging my wife to shows and, and the same kind of thing. It's like, she's just not as into music as I am. Yeah. I realized, you know what? I'm totally fine going by myself and enjoying this and not having to worry about what other people are thinking and feeling. Mm. But yeah. that's what's great for like Carly and Seagold and Z-Boy. I'm calling you Z-Boy. I <laughs> like Pat and uh, <laughs> Z- Z-Boy? Z-Boy, man. Okay. Right? Z-Man is my DJ name. <laughs> this is a friendship name. <laughs> you know, and I got Hallie Cohen as my YouTube wife because yeah. like, I, we go see every show they play in town and like the last time they played five. So how we always have a uh, spouse or date night Okay, for one of them. So all four of us go together one night and then Hallie and I go the rest of the nights. And when's it more fun? Who's listening to this? <laughs> not your wife. <laughs> They're all fun. Although not Mary did say when I was lamenting about being in the hospital, She's like, well, one good thing about Murray's surgery is I'm not getting dragged to another U2 concert. <laughs> I love it. She would, she would rather be in the waiting room. <laughs> oh, no, she texted it to me. She didn't come to the hospital. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeff, what's your favorite U2 song of all time? There's a lot of good choices, but it, hands down, it's with or without you. Good um, choice. It's just, it. I've heard it a million times. And it never gets old. It just, it's a song that was so different when it came out and it has stood the test of time and is still a phenomenal song. Um, and and the, the drop point that I picked for this song, um, it comes because, it, have, have any of you seen the classic album documentaries that they have? Yes. Series? So there's one for Joshua Tree and it is an awesome moment because it's it's the edge standing at a soundboard with the song playing and he's got a guitar in his hand and he's talking about his favorite part of the song and it's this end part of the song where he's he's playing just this very simple guitar part and he's talking about how the song so much calls for this amazing guitar solo at the end and instead it ends with this very simple guitar solo and it just it's a song I never want to end, but it is so great that it ends when it does. All right, here we go. I've grown, I used to despise that song. Really? And I've grown to absolutely love it and look forward to it every time it's played. 
Well, it sounds like those surgeons did fix your heart. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the Edge is playing a prototype of a guitar called an infinite guitar. Right. And it was like the first of its kind. And so right. he was experimenting with it. And that's why it's got that kind of like constant without, you don't really hear any strumming or picking. And Carly, if you watch that, you get the true story of Eno and where the streets have no name. That story is from that. So I must have projected my own idea onto that because I have watched that where they're at the mixing board. Okay. Yeah, no, he, they, they talk about how he wanted to change he it up. He wanted to erase it, yeah. Z-Boy, you're I'm an not Eno really. fan, huh? <laughs> Are you a Brian Eno fan, Jeff? I, I do like him quite a bit. Him and, I, I think that those their best albums are the albums that they did with him and, and Lamois. Okay. Yeah. Is he still your friend, Murray? Eno? Yeah, no, Z-Boy. Oh, no, I love Eno, man. No, Z-Boy. Oh, yeah, I love Z-Boy, too. Dude, right, you cool. can't. Look at this bond. I dare you to try and break it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, I'm coming out for Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think With or Without You has ever been played at a wedding? What do you think? <laughs> thumbs up? Thumbs down? All right. Not like every breath you take, right? Right. That's about a killer. Okay, anyway. <laughs> my favorite, and Murray, you can think of yours. My favorite all-time U2 song is from the year 2000. It's Beautiful Day. Mm. I think that's my brother's favorite. Your brother's cool. is a blue shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to win in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you could lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day That's a great song to watch people when they play it live Because like it's it, like the joy on people's faces when they play that is hard to describe and Murray, what is your all-time favorite U2 song? Um, I, I like to say I don't have one. Everything is rotated through mm -hmm. now, but it always, it can be beautiful day. It can be in a little while. It can be glory, but it, it always comes back to bad. Oh, good choice. It, it always does. And I remember, I think it was, uh, I don't think it was Eno. I think it was just, I think it was Lenoir, and I could be wrong on this, uh, Z-Boy, but he was just like, he just wanted to experiment with two chords. Yeah. And and you just come out with one of the Sorry, Mary, I brought that up and interrupted what you were saying. Continue. No, no, no I'm used to that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know who never interrupts me? Z-Boy. Z-Boy. <laughs> All right. Next category, we got best remix 
slash alt version. And it looks like, Carly, you have a, a bit of a tie. I have a tie. You know, whichever one you have queued up, Pat, we can do. Um, my tie was between the even better than the real thing fish out of water mix, which kind of whips the crowd into a frenzy because they play it a lot during the intermission. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, Beck's um, remix of Love is Bigger Than Anything in Its Way. Your well, call. I have both queued up, so why don't I just start with Even Better and then go okay. right into Love is Bigger? Yeah, just real quick. Yeah. All so right, here we go. a big remix guy but that one's cool it's very cool yeah let's try that song, uh, they did, a lot of the remixes of that song are really really good yeah. all right let's try love is bigger than anything That is really great too. Yeah. How do these remixes happen? Like does Beck, does he just remix them and then ask you two if they can release them? Or does you two say, Hey, let's have Beck remix this. How does it work? I think, I think with the songs of experience, they farmed out a bunch of remixes to like famous people that do remixes because they really wanted to keep that album like relevant. So they were putting out like a new remix of that song. Like, every other week for like three months. I think just to kind of keep it in the zeitgeist. All right. Well, that answers my question. Uh. (laughs) No, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, I think they have to stay relevant. They have to keep putting out new things. It's kind of like, you know, you've got, you got your Dave Perner interview or whatever that you did recently. I think it's interesting with soul asylum. Like he put out, they put out a new soul asylum record in like 2020, but then like, they put out an acoustic version of that album and then they dribbled out singles. I think the same thing to put it to yeah. the top of your Spotify or whatever. Did you watch that video? What, which one? Oh, I didn't put the Perner you video, put up. That video up yet. No, they, they don't really want any video of Dave Perner out there. Oh. So, uh, Hey everybody. All right. All right, uh, that, 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 I might edit that part out. Okay, yeah. Jeff, what's your favorite <laughs> remix? Um, so I wanted to pick, I wanted in somewhere in here to have something that was from their newer music to prove that uh, I, I still find them relevant and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and especially after kind of a string of three albums that I, I didn't love a whole lot, uh, but then they came out with the, the songs of uh, Innocence, and I too picked a Beck remix, and this time it's uh, Lights of Home. And the, the reason I like this remix so much is because the original version of the song, to me, the fa- my favorite part is at the end. Um, the, and this kind of takes that ending part and turns it into the chorus of the song and intersperses it more. Um, so 
All right. There you go. Lights of Home, another Beck remix. a great remix too yeah excellent i think i'm a big fan of remixes now <laughs> they Mary, were crazy with that stuff for the octung baby and zuropa time frame mm-hmm. yeah there's a ton of ton of stuff out there that they finally released from that murray do you have a favorite remix i'm, I'm assuming that's not something you know off the top of your head actually i do oh boy <laughs> i'm not a fan of remixes also but um um if you uh if you're a member of the U2.com, uh, uh, I like to say that so I don't sound like uh, I'm way too old to be a, in a fan club. Carly shook her head and Jeff uh, Jeff's holding back, but I'm pretty sure he probably is a member. Okay. You, did you, I got the remix album, that vinyl that came out a few years ago, and the uh, Desire. Go get it, Carly. Carly's getting it. She's looking for it. You can get it. You can get it if you want to. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, it's the Desire Hollywood remix version. Oh, so good. Right? And I'm not, I, like Pat, I'm not a huge fan of remixes, but I really do love the two you guys played, and I like that one, so I should probably explore more. So I have It's very been, L.A., that remix. Right? Yeah. yeah. I have not been a, a, a member of the U2 fan club for a while. Uh, you guys are nerds. Shouldn't you be talking about Journey or something? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. No, that's all right. That's all right. I used to, I I was a fan, but in fact, when they came out. You guys are nerds. All right. I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. I can't now. All right. Murray, (laughs) do you have anything to add, Murray? Don't fuck with Seaboy. Sometimes I forget I have that fun stuff. So funny. Thank you, Hob the Troll. All right. Now, this is interesting. This next category is interesting. Maybe not as interesting as I'm making it sound with my, uh, with my ramping it up by saying it's interesting. But to me, it was interesting. So here we're going to move on to an interesting topic. <laughs> best lyrics. Now, Carly, your best lyric is not from the song that's your favorite song. No. And I found that interesting. It is. You know who shares that is Kevin Hartberger, who a couple days ago excerpted uh, lyrics from this song as well in his al- in his uh, song of the day or lyric of the day. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but it's uh, U2's Until the End of the World. And the reason why it's my favorite lyric is that this song works on so many levels because this song was out like like I had that album for like six months before I knew it was like a Jesus and Judas thing. 
Like I was not religious growing up. I did that did not dawn on me at all. I thought it was just about a love affair gone terribly wrong. Um, until I saw them perform it live somewhere on TV or something. And Bono said, Jesus, this is Judas. And then the light bulb went on. So how cool is that, right? They wrote something that could work either way. <laughs> All right, here we go. Until the end of the world. Mm-hmm. In my dream, I was drowning sorrows. My sorrows, they learned to swim. So, Carla, you didn't grow up religious, but now you're all in on Q, correct? <laughs> Just because I'm in Colorado, that lady doesn't live here. She lives out west. Okay. Uh, Jeff, again, your favorite lyric is not from With or Without You. Although it could be. It could be. But but it's um, not, Jeff. It, it is not. It is not. Um, so, you know, with... Octung Baby, there were uh, a few kind of breakup relationship songs tied into mm-hmm. uh, what The Edge was going through uh, in his own marriage at the time. And um, I just, some of the strongest lyrics came out of, you know, One and Love is Blindness and the song that I picked, which is so cruel. And, you know, just how it encapsulates a breakup of a, uh, a relationship and the things that we might do to try to save them. Um, you know, just lines like, you know, you put your lips to her lips to stop the lies and we're cut adrift, but we're still floating. Just it, it creates such a, an image. And I just I always found it such a, uh, a great song because of that. And that's why I picked it. All right. Here we go with So Cruel. question that just popped into my head have any of you ever met or had any physical interaction with any members of you two carly no jeff well carly mentioned at the mile high show i got a high five okay that's cool that's cool and murray what about you i forget um a missed opportunity 
I was going to go with Mary to New York to the premiere of No Country for Old Men, and I didn't, so I could do some stupid set at the improv, which benefited my career no way at all. And she, I got a text at like 10 o'clock at night. It's one o'clock in the morning in New York. And she's hanging out with Bono at a bar because he went to the premiere. It's the worst. And then Songs of Innocence tour, they would leave the the little stage and walk out in the back. And at like the fifth night, I was like, as soon as they started playing 40, I left, I was next to the little stage. Mm-hmm. I went to the back and the edge played off and Larry played off and bottle and Larry came and we made eye contact. And I know he hated every second. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> and he does not, he doesn't interact with fans. He no. doesn't, and you can just see, like, I'm surprised he didn't sprain his face with his eye roll of just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry you hated it, man, but I loved it. <laughs> but when they play out here, when they play the forum, they they do when they're coming in in the afternoon for sound check, they will meet and sign mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's happened to my friend, my friend Hallie. Again, she's well, she's not single; she has a boyfriend now, but she doesn't have kids, so she's always down there. Yeah. She, she didn't have tickets for. Uh, Pop Mart, they did a video. He came out and invited all the people who to come in to be in the audience for the video. Yeah, I'm going down. The next time they come, I'm going down during the day and try mm-hmm. to make that happen. And another question is, uh, this is for Jeff specifically, uh, and anyone can answer, but Jeff, when uh, when U2 repackages the albums and re- releases the deluxe editions and all this stuff, are you all in on that stuff? Do you purchase that stuff? You know, I don't because I I have all that stuff or at least most of it mm-hmm. uh, already, you know, whether I bought the, the 45 or the CD single at the time. Um, and especially now too, that so much of that stuff is available on Spotify or, or I can purchase, you know, if they, they have one song on there that I don't have, then I can just go to iTunes and gotcha. buy that, which I, I usually end up doing, but no, the only, the only one that I ever did anything with was I bought like the gold copy of Joshua tree. Gotcha. Whether it sounds any different than the regular CD, who knows, but it's gold. <laughs> and Carly, I know that you and I both purchased the most recent, all that you can't leave behind. You, you uh, purchased it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. How, I did. How many, how many discs are in that? Oh my God. It's massive. I think it's got 14. It's got at least, no, it's got more than 14 discs. I've actually got it. Oh my God. It's here. You can hardly it's lift huge, it. Man. Oh my God. Look it's, at that. Wow, it's yeah. freaking massive. Oh, I love the cover. Like, yeah, right? And, and it's got a book, and it's got all kinds of stuff with it. But, I mean, it's it's huge. Wow. Um. So, yeah, I will sometimes, particularly, like, I'll tell you, I did enjoy the, like, when they remastered, like, um, War, for example, because I didn't have a very good copy before. Yeah. I'll do that. If there's a reason, then I will purchase the new thing. And what was the reason you purchased that? I purchased that because that's my favorite U2 album. I purchased this because it was election night and I couldn't, I was too nervous. <laughs> I went to the record store and spent like $400 on records that night. <laughs> well, that's worth it. The book, the book in there is amazing. And is. Uh, there's a ton of great stuff in there. So there is. Yeah. All right. Um, I have a, what was there? What was a, oh, we're on lyrics, right? Yep. My, uh, my favorite lyrics in the YouTube. I know what yours is. I, you want to, you want to go ahead say it. I think, I think, is an educator. Is it off Miracle Drug? It's Miracle Drug. Because what lyric do I love? Uh, freedom has a scent like a top of a New York baby's head. You got Possibly it. Possibly paraphrased. Yep. No, that's right. That's my that's my favorite lyrically, lyrical, lyr- uh, you know. Just you know, be quiet and let Carly tear up, please. 
so beautiful. Oh, that's not even the song. That's where the streets have been. Here we go. Oh, there it is. Oh. Four notes. It's a little loosey-goosey today here at the, the Pat Francis office. Turn that down before I cry. You might be the only. Yeah, I was gonna say you might not be the only one cheering up, Carly. <laughs> I'm including myself in that. Oh my god, I love that song so much. Love it. It's been great. Okay, that's, that's up there with mine, also. But uh, let's move on. <laughs> I know I was pregnant with my first baby in 2005 when they toured that Vertigo tour, and so Ariel saw that tour in utero four times. Nice. Saw that song, so yeah, it was big, man. <laughs> I remember when he would introduce, he introduced, I remember him introducing that song, like the simple four notes and he explained the song. And I also remember his, I love the way Bono introduces the band. It's always different every tour. And I remember this tour, it was, you know, it's, you know, the jazz man, blah, 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 blah. And he's, then he's like, he told this story of a spaceship landing and I'm completely paraphrasing this again. So forgive me. And out and ha- out walk the edge and he met oh. the edge and he said, who are you? And he's like, I am the edge. And you know, he's handing <laughs> Where are you from? And he's like, the future. And he said, what's the future like? And there's this long pause. And he said, better. And the oh. whole place just erupted. Man. Nice. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> nice. All right, Carly, best guitar. Yeah, so this was a very difficult one. I decided to go for one where I felt like... Um, Edge is really going point for point with Bono on the little things that give you away. Mm. And this is from Songs of Experience. Here we go. Yes, one of my favorite songs of theirs. getting good at that carly (laughs) when to tell me to fade it down all right moving on to jeff and i I couldn't pick i this is impossible for me to pick there's so much great guitar wall to wall on every song i mean i don't even know how you guys are doing it but uh but jeff you do have a choice yeah and this was this was easy for me just because of of how i heard this song the first time and how poignant that memory is to me um 
So you, you guys remember when stores used to open at midnight to sell the album so that yes. you could get it like before the store actually opened the next day. Right. So the only time in my life I ever did that was when Zuropa uh, was released. And so I went to the local record store where I was like on, you know, buddies with the guy that, that managed the store and he and I would always talk about music. And, um, you know, so here I am driving home from the record store with that, you know, I don't know, maybe it was a cassette tape, maybe it was a CD playing in the car. And we get to this section in the song Zuropa where there is this just explosion of guitars and it just blew my freaking mind. And yeah, just take it away. Play Here we it. go. Zuropa. song choice today is great because that it's one is so good it's so good right yeah nice job jeff jeff i didn't ask you this uh i usually ask this what do you what do you do there in denver what what's your vocation um i am a software quality engineer for whatever that is um working for a telemedicine company that sounds important it sounds like you're an essential worker I, I guess I am. Yeah, sure. Have you been vaccinated? I have not. No. All right. So not really essential. Are you no. a vaxxer? Let's make this weird. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we in the last? Is this the last we one? Are. Yeah. And then a playout song. Who should pick it? Who well, should- Murray, because he wasn't here. Or Jeff. Yeah. Murray, think of a playout song. It could be any U2 song. You're sweet, Carly. Thank you. Now I got to go look. Jeff also agreed. Oh, there's pressure also. Jeff also agreed. He's not sweet. Well, she volunteered me. And Seagull, Seagull, he, 
he knows where I feel about him. We're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. All right. I love it. Simpatico. Okay, Carly, this is, this is your last pick. Yes. And I all think I'll give a shout out to Jeff for like this topic and throwing these out. Cause this was really awesome. Um, uh, so best drumming. And so I picked love and peace or else from how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Uh, I chose it because if you saw this uh, tour live on the Vertigo tour, they started out with like Larry and Bono at the on the front of the stage. And yeah. actually Bono was playing the drums at the front. And then halfway through the song, when it's Larry's drum solo, Larry goes back and gets on his drums. But it's just it's just throbbing and relentless. And I think it's a really interesting, ominous take on their normal sound. OK, here we go. Love and peace or else. Carly, and then I just caught it, right? You want me to you want me to fade it down? Okay, okay. I did it. I remember, I remember seeing an interview with Larry Mullen around this tour, and they're like, how do you feel about Bono playing the drums when uh, taking your job? And he's like, oh, I don't care, but if he breaks any drum heads, he has to pay for them. <laughs> so they were interviewing his dad? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Larry Mullen Jr. Oh, okay, thank you, Mary. Thank you. Okay. I was going to say, that was weird that they would ask his dad a question like that. Uh, Jeff, this is your last song. Did you have fun, Jeff? I did. This was great. And it was great to have, uh, Carly reveal these things, the, these, about these songs and, um, nice to have the surprise and, and just to sit around with a bunch of people and talk about, uh, a band that I love so much. So well, thank you. Really, really- thank you for suggesting this, Jeff. This was fun. Um, and, uh, Murray, you were, uh, you were an ad- a nice addition to the show. Well, thank you. And thank you for guys for um, letting me sit in. I really appreciate This is, I surfed today and it was great, but this is the highlight of my day so far. So thank you. I think Pat realized that he had amateurs and he needed to bring in. No, no, no. The podcast. Murray, where's that thing that I got you? Where's that present I got you that you refused to hang up on your wall? It's right here. It's not on the wall. Go get, yeah, it's not on the wall. So bring it over and show these folks. (laughs) Look what I, look what I got for Murray. And he refuses to hang it on the wall. Okay, so it's a yeah, it's a picture of you two. And what what lyrics are there? Every breaking wave. Because you surf. Mm-hmm. And I did green because they're from Ireland, and I thought that was a a nice yeah. Irish color. And why isn't that on the wall? Do I have to mail you a hammer and a hook? What's going what on? What else is it on my wall? Everything. <laughs> that stuff's trash that's compared to a, a nice gift from a friend. I worked on that YouTube album. Oh, that's my. Oh, that's my. Uh, that's my remix album over there, Carly. Right there. I, think. I see it. Yeah. I love every breaking wave. It is such a beautiful. It's song. So good. What a beautiful print. What a good is to you murray and you know what carly i gave him and i'm just gonna pat myself on the back i just gave that to him it wasn't his birthday it wasn't any i just gave it to you i just made it i'm hanging up murray the gifts that jeff zebel gave me yeah because you're a nice friend carly (laughs) he's a good i'm looking forward forward to the gifts i'm going to get from my new friendship with (laughs) z-boy well he's going to give you a gift right now the gift of song jeff 
What Hold is on, your... I have to I have to touch on something. Okay. Pat is a great friend. Thank you much. <laughs> this is beautiful. I love it. We're all coming together. This is what you two would want. It totally. is. Totally. This question, I'm going to throw this out right now since there's four of us here. I'm going to let Carly go first and then whatever's left, we have to pick. So the last guy's going to be out of luck. But Carly, if you could be a member of U2, who would it be? The Edge. The Edge. And then Murray? It's a weird question, dude. <laughs> I would, I, I would, I I couldn't be Adam because then I couldn't date myself. Right. So I would go with the edge too. I mean, I, you can't go I, with the edge. The edge is taken. You have to. <laughs> then, oh, I have to pick one. Yeah, because at the end, of, at the end, then we'll all have a. We'll all be one of these people. Oh, I am so uh, vain and self-centered. I have to be Bono. All right. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Who are you? Be. I love attention. I love attention like Bono. I can't. I can't it, deny it. Jeff, you and I are the rhythm section. Whatever you pick, that that lets me know who I am. So here we go. Um, I would have to go with Adam uh, just because he is such a cool dude. And ultimately, I think that a lot of the things that I like about you two, for instance, like I, I'm going to guess that Pop is probably Larry Mullen's least favorite U2 album. And I really like it. Okay. Well, I'm Larry, and that gives me a chance to look young again. So perfect. This is it. This is our, <laughs> this is our U2 uh, cover band. What is your uh, final song, Jeff? This is your best drumming song. Yeah, so I, I had a hard time with this one. Um, and it, as I was going through and reviewing their library, um, obviously bad could have fit in a whole bunch of other different categories along the way. But in listening to it, I really realized how in certain parts of the song, how heavy the drums are. And um, it just, it, you know, when Larry is really good, his drumming is really heavy. And it really, again, kind of brings to the forefront how nice their albums are mixed and how every instrument has a part in every song. And there you go. All right, and I did play a little bit of this earlier, but let's play a lot more of it. This is bad. fading it down jeff i'm fading it down all right when i don't mean to interject here it's such a solemn moment but um yes murray <laughs> on the songs of experience tour their longtime road manager died 
uh, and it was all, it was during their their stay here for five nights. And Hallie and I were like, "Are they even going to play tonight? Are they even going to play?" And they and they played, and he told a really great story about. I think it was live at Red Rock when they were closing with forty, and he couldn't like nobody was singing along, but he started like the whole audience singing along. And then as he as he's telling that story, uh, the edge is going for the guitar, and he brings out the black strat, and I'm like, "They're gonna play that. They're gonna play that, Hallie." And yeah. then we got really excited, and they played bad. It was awesome. Oh my god! Very nice. Very nice. Uh, now let me thank everyone here. And then Murray, you still thinking about your playout song? Yes, I have two, so it's gonna be extra long. Well, you got to figure, you got to get one. It can only be one. There can only be one, Murray. Okay. Okay, Jeff, are you on the social media anywhere? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I, I, I lurk is about what I do. Do you have a Twitter account that you'd like to tell people or an Instagram and they could follow you? Uh, yeah, I have a Twitter account. Um, it's GZBold71. All right. Follow, uh, follow... Jeff at GZ Bold 71. Why 71? Is that the year you were born? That was the year I was born. You young mother. Uh, Carly. What and do you also, want to- if you have any questions about telemedicine, right? Like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, or the St. Louis Cardinals. He will answer those. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. Star Wars too. Okay. Okay. Wars, yeah. Carly, uh, do you want people following you on the social medias? Uh, well, yeah, if it's about music, sure. Uh, Carly Anderson CO on Twitter or Carly Anderson Denver, Denver on Instagram. Excellent. Uh, and Murray, you're at Murray V. At Murray V on Twitter, Murray V Comedy on Instagram. We're uh, Murray Valerian on Comedy on Facebook. We're at Rock Solid Show and you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com. Okay, boom. We did all the promoting. I want to thank Jeff for coming up with this topic. I want to thank Carly and Jeff for killing it today with their song choices. Amazing. I think we, it's, it was almost like a deep dive too on, on YouTube because you know, these, all these different topics, these were, these were great. So good deal. And Murray, yeah, it thank was really you. fun for me to kind of live, relive some of the memories and, and, and talk to other YouTube fans about it. So thank you very much, Pat, for agreeing to do it. No, no problem. My pleasure, Jeff. And Jeff, when we are through this pandemic, if you ever find yourself here in Los Angeles, you can take me out for dinner. No, you can, uh, you can, you, no, you, no, no. What I was going to say, that was a joke. Um, you can come on the show and we'll do this the way I like to do it face to face and in person. So I look forward to that. And Carly, you know, when you come to LA, we're going to be recording a bunch of shows. So be prepared. And Murray, sad to say, this is your last appearance. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's weird the way it happens, but what's your playout song, Murray? Oh, first of all, Z-Boy and Carly should come out and catch you two at the forum next time with us. Oh, that would be sweet. Right? You yeah. guys, yeah. Can all, you two can crash in my studio here. Oh, thank then, you. Yeah, yeah. All right. After, well, after there's, right. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening. And then we can rehearse for the first time uh, as a, the YouTube <laughs> cover band. <laughs> what would it be? What would the YouTube cover band name is? What is that? We would call it U and then T-W-L. Oh. Okay, you Did and you discuss then discuss that earlier? No, I'm just batting it around. Okay. How about you T O O? I like that better. All right. We'll, <laughs> how about you U T U umlaut? We'll figure it out. We'll do we'll figure it out. How about you two with the how about an umlaut how about an how about you two but an umlaut over the two? What's your playout song, Mary? 
Um, thanks for letting me drop in, guys. I really appreciate it. No, it's uh, great to have you. Nice to meet you, Jeff. I'm looking forward to Christmas at your house. <laughs> I was going to pick Ultraviolet. It's my favorite song off of October. You got it, Murray. Ultraviolet. <laughs> oh, but what is it going to be? I was going to say let's do Every Breaking Wave since everybody responded so responded so well to it. All right. Every Breaking Wave it is. Wait, way? Every Breaking Wave. I am so tongue-tied today. I don't. It's it's oddly it's misspelled on that lyrics you sent me. What? That's why I haven't hanged. That's why I haven't hanged. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'll I'll send you another one. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Thank you, Carly. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Murray. This is every breaking wave. I thought I had